I went into Roots Cafe the other day and I ran into a friend of mine who I happen to know is clean and sober. And he was sitting with his nephew, who I also learned is in sobriety. And I told him about our podcast, Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores. And he just loved the title and said, oh, I want that on a t-shirt. And I said, well... about recovery too mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart sensitive people into liars thieves gluttons and whores liars and thieves and gluttons and whores oh liars thieves gluttons and whores oh my liars thieves gluttons and whores oh my liars thieves gluttons and whores oh my Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are on the air with me, Nancy Adair, the host of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores, the podcast that brings you stories from the dark side and the light side of addiction and recovery. And I'm here today to introduce all of you to season two and my brand new guest co-host for the season, who is Lori Jones. So welcome. Yay. Yay! <laughs> Season two! Yes! Season two. I wasn't sure that I'd get here. <laughs> you know? There's so much to learn to put together a podcast. I, I thought that my having had a radio show for a couple of years put me right in the pocket that I wanted to be in. And wow, I, not that I was wrong, but and and there's so much more to learn we are lifelong learners i've said that a lot this week actually we are lifelong learners because you like myself we have you know a lot of lofty goals sometimes that require figuring it out right it's true i i have a woman that i got to know through recovery who said she was not a lifelong learner that her husband was actually in higher education and she she's a beautiful woman and soul who really pays more attention to relationships than academics or learning you know of any kind and it really hit me it really struck me when she said i'm not a lifelong learner <laughs> that how much I really am. In fact, one mm -hmm. of the things that floats my boat is learning something new, no matter what it is. And the last new fact that I learned was about sea turtles, that because of the temperature of the water are having, or it's not, actually, I learned that the Thing that I thought I learned wasn't the thing that I learned. <laughs> I thought it was the temperature of the water, and I was just corrected recently that it's the temperature of the sand. That 
turtles are birthing more female turtles because the gender is dependent on the heat. I know. It, it doesn't that just make what? Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're doing all this stuff with um trying to reduce the heat of the sand for the turtles that are giving birth so that they have well fewer lucky male turtles. <laughs> right. That's right. That is that is so interesting and so weird at the same time. Yeah. So I love learning new things, even if they're bizarre little things like that. <laughs> but that has really nothing to do with liars, thieves, gluttons, and horrors. It's just everything to do with Laurie Jones and Nancy Adair, that we are lifelong learners. And we hope you are too, especially when it comes to learning about addiction and recovery. Where do we begin, Laurie? I don't know. Why don't we, I have an idea. Why don't we start with this? Because I remember the day that you pitched this to me. You didn't really pitch it to me. You were sharing with me. And the day that you came up with this, and I, I'm just going to leave it right there. Why don't you tell us how in the heck, because this, this title is pretty, pretty fiery. Okay. This title is pretty hot, pretty sexy. So Tell us how you came up with this title. Like you, like it just dropped on you. So I want to hear more about that. Yeah. So I was in a 12 step meeting this morning when a woman I know and love dearly came up to me and she, she is just a, a little more than a decade older than I am. And she said, um, I just read your newsletter, Nancy. And I love how you have the name of your podcast on the bottom. It just makes me giggle every time I liars thieves gluttons and whores <laughs> yes um so that title actually has been with me for years and years I just didn't I thought of it first as writing a book which I still have some intention around writing a, a second book because I've already self-published one book and um this one would be by this title liars thieves gluttons and whores and it is a piece of literature from the AA circles of literature. And I want all the listeners to know, I'll um, give out some kind of reward if someone can tell me where to find it. It just always stuck in my head um, that they were saying that addicts are generally liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. And I thought, oh, you know what? That really fits me. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say, and I didn't sell my body for money. I did, however, um, pick up men in bars in order to get them to buy me drinks. And I did walk over my own values you know, like I draw a, a line in the sand and then walk right over it and draw another line and walk over that one. And in that way, prostituted myself and my values many, many, many times. I was a liar. I still have to watch that so, so carefully because lying comes as easy to me as breathing. And thief, I was a thief from a young girl and my mom, um, I 
I went, I remember being like nine years old and I was in this store and I saw these, this is going to sound so ridiculous. They were little coat hangers, like the size you'd have for dolls or something. And it was in a five and dime type of shop. And I didn't have the money for them. I think I even asked my mom if she would buy them for me. And she said, no. And then they found their way in my pocket. So mm -hmm. then I have them at home and my mom said, I have them. And she says, Nancy, these came from that store and I give you money for them. And she told me that she was going to bring me back to the store to apologize to the sto store owner and return the item. And she took the item from me. She never made me go back to the store. And I don't know that that's part of me becoming a little kleptomaniac when I was a kid, but I stole so much stuff. And I stole to get people to be friends with me um, when I was a young teen, you know, and I, and I, I stole big items too. I remember stealing um, gold and white gold wedding rings um, and and engagement rings from an antique store that I later learned. Here's my mom again. <laughs> she read to me an article in the newspaper about this theft because it was a neighbor of ours down the street that owned that store in another town. And I think she read that to me because she knew, or maybe she saw these things. Anyway, I buried those rings in my backyard. Wow seven years later with a little metal detector but I still have that in the back of my mind wow and yeah so liar thief glutton I'm a recovering food addict as you know and so certainly there was gluttony of there was just never enough and in many respects other than food as well uh, there was never enough I never felt like I was enough or did enough or made enough money or you know, was worthy enough, a lot of enough. So I've covered every bit of that title. And I don't actually know in what AA literature it comes from. So if any of you listeners do be in touch with me, let me know the page reference, the book and the page reference, and I will find some LTGW, uh, maybe some of our merchandise as well. Yeah. <laughs> Great merch, by the way. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question. It's kind of been with me for a long time. And I think partly by talk writing my first book, I thought that podcasting might be the way to start generating the stories for this Liars, Thieves, Gluttons and Horrors book. Did you... When you were when you were coming up with this whole concept, this idea, I remember you once telling me it kind of dropped on you as well, like almost in a spiritual way. Can well, you what, can you tell us a little bit more about that? What dropped on me was how to do the intro. So I already had the title of the show in my mind, and I woke up one day. <laughs> I just had that part of the Wizard of Oz uh, when. There's a group of them um, walking and they're, they're doing the lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my. I was thinking, I woke up saying, 
liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> and then I remember calling you then, Lori, because Lori is this consummate musician and singer and songwriter. And I thought, if anyone knows how I can make this into an intro, and I knew that there was a lot to look up, like whether or not I could do that um, with the lions, tigers, and bears being copyrighted. And so Lori helped me with all of that, like researching the, you know, what part of it we could use. We needed to use her music in the background. And then she did the voiceovers. Such, I mean, all of you have heard that already, but go back to the beginning of the show or go to the next yeah. episode. Listen, like that's Lori Jones and her son. Um, so, you know, I, just that the two of you could do the voiceovers and didn't he do the mixing? Yeah. So Torin, who's my son, he did the voiceovers with me, but he's also an audio engineer. Isn't it, isn't it fun to have like people like in your back pocket you can call and like I know for me I love these types of ideas and I remember you talking to me about it and it's so cool just to be able to know like oh I think Tor and I can do this I know that we can do this and so just the content you know of of what this show is and what we're going to be talking about and just that really bold title you know I I knew immediately like what song it needed to be and even though it's the intro of a song that's called Lubonics, which is on an earlier record that I did a long time ago. But the content, and what's really ironic, I think, and it's not, it's just confirmation, right? Like, you know, that this is all meant to be. And that is that the content of the song is really about judgment and how how we as people, how we just like, it's a pastime. We love to judge people. And so the thought is in the song that, um, and when I wrote the song, my observation was that as people, we tend to find talking about other people and focusing in on other folks' problems and their, you know, misfortune as, as a pastime for us, you know? And so really the message of the song is, you know, who, who's talking you know, without comprehending or who's listening with eyes closed because, you know, we, we talk a lot, but we don't really listen a lot and understand. And so I just thought in, in the beginning of the song, and it's on a record um, called Lori Jones, there's a woman laughing. And so it just all fit together, Nancy. It fit together so well. And I have to tell you what a blast it was for Torin and I in his apartment you know, with, with all the equipment, but, but, you know, doing these voiceovers, these voice parts, it was really fun. So now it's really cool to listen to it and, and think about that day. And um, yeah, I think we did okay. Oh, I, I feel so indebted to both of you and, and grateful. Like, it's just, um, it, I think it, makes the show. I mean, I don't want to downgrade all the wonderful people that I've interviewed, including Lori. You know, when I did the first interview with you on the show during season one, that interview for any of you listeners is called Until the Cops Show Up. 
when Lori was saying that it's all fun and and games until the cops show up. So I know, you know, now having Lori as the guest host for this season, that's got so many parts to it. You know, it's because I know you so well, because I know where alcohol and drugs took you um, into the depths of despair and with the cops showing up and um, mm -hmm. and your willingness in sobriety to have that infiltrate is the word that comes to my mind. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but infiltrate your music and what you're doing now in terms of really spreading the message. One of the biggest messages that I want to get out there to the general public is how good a life in sobriety can be. I noticed on Instagram recently, a post that said, are you aware of these celebrities doing it sober? You know, so that's got to be a title mm -hmm. of one of our topic shows is do it sober. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I love seeing that. I love seeing, you know, different times. I mean, one of my favorite pastimes, not going to lie, is that I, I like to scroll reels. I like to go on Instagram and that's sort of how I defrag sometimes. And I love seeing, you know, and I guess it's from my own just curiosity but I love seeing um, other celebrities that are sober, you know, because sometimes it'll really surprise you. But if you, you know, and, and the person that's coming to mind to me right now is Robert Downey Jr. And you, and you look at his life and look at um, his rock bottom and we all, and think about this, you know, Hey, you know, we've all been there. We've all had our worst moments, but can you imagine it being televised everywhere and in every magazine and being under the microscope in that way. And now for him to have turned his life around and it didn't happen overnight, but look at him now and how successful he's been and how he definitely will um, attest that it's because of his sobriety, that he would not um, be the actor that he is and to have done all um, the really, really great things that he's done um, in his career without coming to that absolute worst point in his life and being able to turn it around. So he's pretty inspirational. I also was thinking about um, on my this year's vision board, I have only one um well, it's actually a caricature, but one person that I know, and it's Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, yes. She is a sober celebrity, and she's been very open about it in the world. And I put that I want her as a guest on this podcast. <laughs> so, Jamie Me Lee too. <laughs> you two Me too. I together. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm so glad you, I'm so glad that you have that on your board because I was listening to a very, very brief interview of Jamie Lee Curtis and it was just last week. And I want to say that well, number one, I love that she's so real because she said, you know, Hey, you know, for one, uh, you know, I, I'm an actor and I did commercials for yogurt that make you shit. And which, I mean, that, that's pretty funny. And that 
her whole career, I mean, where she is now is because she needed to get sober and she needed to quit alcohol. And, um, and she's pretty, pretty uh, open about it. So I love that about her, but not going to lie. I like the fact that she said that she, you know, endorsed yogurt that makes you poop. I think that's pretty funny. I do too. And I, and I do think that, you know, I, I love the reality, like yeah. the, the getting real. Um, and that's part of, I wanted to share with you the, where the tagline of the show comes from. Because the tagline is stories from the dark and the light side of both recovery and addiction. Well, it's reversed, addiction and recovery. And the reason for that is that I had a client at the time at the start of the show who was only 14 years old. And I was telling her about the podcast and the dark and the light side of addiction was going to be the tagline. And she said, oh, it needs to be addiction and recovery because you need to talk about the dark side of recovery. Like yeah. that isn't all easy, you know, that that's right. really hard to um, manage this when you're newly you know, you you get newly sober and all your, I don't like calling them crutches, the very thing that you were leaning into for survival is gone. So not mm -hmm. only are you dealing with being clean and sober in the world, but you're dealing with whatever conflicts or problems come up where you'd normally go to alcohol or drugs without them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like a double whammy. So I didn't want to talk about just all the wonderful, magical things about being sober. In fact, the um, my brother who co-hosted season one with me lost his son to drugs um, just a little over a year ago now. Um yeah, that's terrible. That's that's and it terrible. was terrible. And it was like, you know, I remember when I got my job at Mercy Recovery Center, um, which I stayed in for 13 years, and I had lost my spouse a year and a half um who died in relapse to addiction. And my to be boss manager said, Nancy, I think you're uniquely qualified for this job because I had come from an alcoholic drug addicted home. I'm in recovery myself and I lost a spouse to alcohol and drugs. And now I've lost a family member to the yeah. overdose that was laced with fentanyl. And so I'm part of like almost every single horrible statistic out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would call that overly qualified. Over. You know, over overly qualified. I want to. I want to go back to the fourteen-year-old client and her observation because I. I just have to say, wow, that is that was such a good perspective, and particularly from someone who's fourteen years old, because the dark side of recovery. I mean, it, it it's real, and I think it's worthy of of talking about because, you know, for people that are trying whether it's trying to cut back on alcohol or or trying to quit completely or or wherever you know somebody is at i think that it's important to have a realistic expectation 
and and know that Nancy, it, it's 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 pretty freaking hard, it, especially in those earlier times. Because I was thinking about, I mean, I, it, it's it's hard to describe sometimes, but I'll 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 do my best to describe to you. But in those early days, like you said, you know, you had alcohol or you had your drug of choice or whatever it was that normalized things for you, and so. When I say that things become so raw because it's there and you've made the decision that you're not going to use, you know, I'm not going to drink my bottle of wine tonight. I'm not going to take that edge off. And so it's very awkward and it can get dark because, you know, you're not going to lean into that remedy. The other part that I think is worthy of talking about is there's a lot of shame around that. And, you know, I can speak for myself. I wasn't necessarily talking to a lot of people about it. So I felt like I was hiding the fact that I had to quit drinking because of all the trouble I caused, because there's a lot of shame around that. So you're kind of out there, raw, not going to use your remedy. You're not talking about it, pretending you're not. Like, I remember being in social situations where, like, I am literally pretending that I'm okay because I'm not okay. And it, and it's so apparent that every scenario that I'm finding myself in, particularly being a musician or being a social person, there's alcohol everywhere. And so what I ended up doing is really um, isolating. And... You know, I'm going to ask you, Nancy, maybe you have some thoughts around that you'd want to share, you know, about it is the isolation piece of it. Because I know for me, I was trying to almost shelter myself from not being around alcohol. So there's that that part. And then the shame of it. And then wondering, like, are people noticing that I'm not drinking? Well, you know what? Nine times out of 10, nobody cares. Nobody even cares what you're doing. No one even notices you. However, you know, that anxiety kicks in. And so then you're, you know, I know for me, I'm all in my head about it. And it's taken, I mean, it's been, I'm going into my, it's been seven years. So I'm going, I'm now going into my eighth year. And it, and in all honesty, it's, I've only started to feel a little bit normal in those types of situations the past few years. It's taken a long time even want to socialize so what do you what do you think about that like well the first thing that I want to share with you is that like the longer that I was clean and sober the more I realized that I'm really quite an anxious person (laughs) you know Ah. it masked a lot of things for me um the nice thing about being clean and sober is that I get to learn how to manage things like my anxiety, social anxiety, which has come up a bit lately because the world, whether rightfully so or not, is opening up more after this period of isolation due to the global pandemic. And so I'm more social than I've been for a long time. I had a client during the start of the pandemic who said, I was born for social isolation. (laughs) She was so happy that the pressure was relieved and 
Um, you know, and I, I will, I went to working completely by telehealth during the pandemic and I'm never going back is this telehealth platform works for me. And I believe it works as well, if not even better for my clients. And, uh, and then I get to drop all the, not the social anxiety piece, the part about managing a building and other um, social workers or counselors and snow plowing two parking lots and you know like I all right so I don't have to do that any longer mm -hmm. um I do think there's a huge stigma still around identifying yourself as an addict and I love uh bringing us back to another guest on season one was Alex McRoberts, who teaches yoga globally, primarily out of her home and mindfulness center in Bali. And she's young. I'm so envious in some ways because she's getting this all at a very young age. I don't know if Alex is even 30 yet. And she has a wide audience that she's reaching primarily through these um groups that she encourages those who are sober curious to learn more about. And, mm -hmm. and I love that term. I don't know if Alex created that term. I know she uses it. And I think it's very inviting for people because what I want and what I hear you saying too, and I thought of a, another celebrity, so we'll have to do a whole show on just sober celebrities, <laughs> but another mm, yes in my mind was Stephen King, another main celebrity. And he talked in one interview about not having any recollection of writing one of his books. Like the entire process was done when he was inebriated. And he said, you know, a lot of people say it's a very good book. And he wishes that he had the, the visceral memory of actually producing it. And I think that's part of the joy in sobriety is when things go well, we we get to see our creative collaboration with spirit that brings things to fruition, that bring things out. Um, so I would I would love to also interview Stephen King. And um, so now we have Robert Downey Jr. Also, I think he's from Maine as well. Is he? Oh, goodness. And um, and Stephen King and Jamie Lee Curtis. And I don't know where Jamie's from, but I'm going to look it up. <laughs> we're going to find out. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like, hey, Stephen King, if you're listening, we'd really like to interview you. We'd like to talk to you. Um, I he, he actually was like, I get where, where he fits in the liars, thieves, gluttons, and wars. <laughs> I know. I think it would be so fun. I remember when I was um, when I was a kid, he um, was a guest speaker at my brother's graduation. My, my brother's high school graduation, Stephen King was the guest speaker. It was really cool. And I met Stephen King once because he owns a radio station up in Bangor, WKIT. And back in the day, um, they were very supportive 
of one of the records that I put out and played it a lot. And I opened a show at the Grand Auditorium in Ellsworth, um, James McMurtry, which is a um, good friend of Stephen King. And that's the night I got to meet Stephen King in person. He was at the show. And I opened and it was really cool to meet him. And so, hi, Stephen, if you're listening, you know, we just, you know, give me a call. We want, we want you on the show, you know, no big deal. <laughs> oh, actually, very big deal. <laughs> and wouldn't that be? Really big deal. So, Lori, when you mentioned that the music for the intro came from one of your first albums titled Lori Jones, I now know that that's one of seven albums that you've produced so far to date. And yeah. why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and um i don't know if there's anything sure. you want to say about why you decided to say yes to my invitation to co-host oh, yeah. <laughs> well yeah it, it, for the, yeah you had me at uh liars thieves gluttons and whores in that moment it's like what what is this oh my gosh i love shock value like people are gonna want to just listen because what is this show um so yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to backtrack a little bit and tell you that the song that's on the intro is from an album called After the Crash. So I have to correct myself. It's called After the Crash. I recorded that. seems like a really, really long time ago. Um, but yeah, the song is actually called Lubonics. And so, you know, for me, you know, a little bit about myself, for me, songwriting has really been, it's been a form of therapy. You know, I write about things that, you know, I probably at the time may have been too uncomfortable to talk about. That's what I find. I find a lot that I'll write songs about topics or conversations that I need to have. But for some reason, I just, I wasn't brave enough to really have those conversations. That's really interesting. I think overall, songwriting is really it's interesting to me because it comes and I always am grateful of the way that it comes. But um, I, you know, enjoy being creative. So as far as being part of this show, I mean, I love, I love to talk, Nancy. I love to talk to you. I, I like, um, I like exploring the why behind things and why I really like the show. I like listening to it and I like talking about it and I like talking about, the dark side and the light side of recovery is because I really want to understand the why behind, like, why did we do this? Like, why did a nun steal from the church, go gamble? Why did You're, she do that, Nancy? Lori is uh, talking about Sister Ellen, who not only stole from the church, she was the mother superior at the time. And she gambled away the convent's money. <laughs> and it's funny. I'm laughing. It's so funny. Unless you're Sister Ellen. Like exactly. Time, can you imagine? No. No. You know, no, I can't imagine. They send her to rehab, and it was the rehab for naughty nuns. That's the way she put it. So that's the title of that show. <laughs> the, the rehab for naughty nuns. I think that, you know, this is where I'm going with this because it, it, it brings up these thoughts to me. And I think that it takes a while to get comfortable in your sobriety. 
It does. Because I, I, as I was just saying before, there's so much shame in that. And you think everybody's like analyzing and counting how many drinks you're not drinking or, and when nobody really, really cares. And it's, it's not funny when you're in the moment, but I think it's very, I won't say, but I'm going to go back and say, and it's really important to be able to look back and laugh at some of this because even on some of my worst times, oh my gosh, we were having a blast though. And I'll often say, wow, we, we were having so much fun until we weren't having fun because it's, because it's so quick, right? It's so quick. And so back to being a songwriter, being a musician, you know, the lifestyle is living in bars, baby. Like, you know, you're living in bars and, you know, you have a drink before the gig and having a drink after the gig and, and things. And it kind of goes hand in hand. And so I'm just inspired myself, even when we talk about other celebrities that we want to interview, because, you know, I think people are sober curious, you know, and it may not resonate somebody hearing you and I talk about, you know, the light side, dark side, but somebody that they really admire that they're like, wow, that person, you know, they, they admire them in a different kind of way because we feel like we know celebrities. Like we know them. They're almost like our family. And so, um, I think it's really important like to to hear those stories from those people but but really bottom line and I'll and I'll I'll get to my point is there's the uncomfortableness in it and then and even now there's like this other phase of my sobriety where I'm actually have been able to look back and kind of laugh at it a little bit and be and be honest about it like now I find myself if I'm in a social situation and I'm not drinking I don't feel a need to tell somebody I don't drink. You know, before it was like a big deal to me for some reason. Someone's like, yeah, we're going to do a wine tasting. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know why, but I'm just like, whoa, we're doing wine tasting. Well, I don't drink, blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. And I don't mean that in a way that I don't think people legitimately care. People do care, like at a human level. And they're not as concerned as you think about whether or not you're sitting there drinking, you know, an Arnold Palmer instead of a Long Island iced tea. Nobody knows. Nobody, people are pretty self-absorbed in what they're doing is what I've found. I don't know if that answered anything that you asked me, Nancy. That's what you got. I was asking <laughs> for you to tell our listeners more about yourself, which you certainly did, and about why you said yes. And you said you said yes just by the title alone, that it was the shock value. So I appreciate that. And I also appreciate the fact that you're reminding me another very big reason that I wanted to do this was not only including the dark side of recovery, that it's the light side of addiction. It's being able to talk about all these things that I remember in my early days in AA halls and meetings, I just laughed my ass off. And I thought, this is really odd, you know, because here's this group full of people that came really close to leave, losing their lives. And, and we laughed about it, um, mm -hmm. about how close we came and, and some of the, the crazy things we did. And one of the crazy things I did sober, when I got sober at 24, I started ice climbing. Ooh. And, 
I loved ice climbing. I still love snow and ice and I'll go um, snowshoeing. <laughs> and I have uh, the most recent ice experience I had was a Hilo hike with my son in New Zealand several years ago now where we took a helicopter ride up onto a glacier and then hiked on the ice on the glacier with crampons and axes and and I remember that I just loved being on the edge and I needed that newly sober because I was always having these near-death experiences that I thought were you know hoopla a lot of fun and they were like driving through all the red lights and stopping at green lights or driving down the wrong way in the in the south of Boston, like, you know, just mm -hmm. crazy ass shit that, you know, right. you don't do sober because you're sober. I actually remember this friend of mine when I was in grad school, um, she gave me a ride somewhere and I was sitting in the back seat and she and this other man um, were in the front seats and um, they were drinking and maybe driving too fast. I don't remember, but I was like really holding on. And she said, what are you scared? And I said, I'm sober. You're damn right. I'm scared. You know, like, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, the whole world was different. So I really appreciate the reminder that part of this whole podcasting interest of mine is to remember that we're alive. And that's great. And it's, it's not that the fun of drinking, it's the, the fun of sobriety. Yes, yes. And you just said something, I had to write it down. You know, when it's when it's a write it down moment, everybody, it means, you know, it's going to be a song or an album, you know, um, but it, but I think it would be a good title for another episode, which is crazy ass shit. <laughs> and what I was thinking when you were just telling that story about, you know, being terrified because you were sober and you think about all the things that happen. And it's kind of funny to look back on now, but all the things that could have happened, but you were just enjoying yourself because you were intoxicated. But, you know, it, through sober eyes, we're living dangerously. Yeah, those those three titles, sober eyes, terrified to be sober and crazy ass shit. Yes. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> great to meet you. Um, Lori, tell our listeners how they can be in touch with you in between the shows when you're co-hosting with me. Oh, that's great. I want to hear from everybody. You know, we it, we want to hear from everybody. So if you're out there, you know, drop us a message. Let us know something resonated with you. I'm um, My website is at www.lorijonesmusic.com. And if you go to that site, you can get all the links to social media, to the YouTube, um, also links to get um, my albums. And it's also available, all of Lori Jones' music is available on wherever you like to stream music. So all the streaming, so Spotify, Apple, um, Amazon, on and on. So you can just do a little search for 
Lori Jones music even on Google and it will all come up. And so, um, so yeah, check that out. I'd appreciate it. And the same LTGW is on all the podcast platforms and um, just put it into your Apple podcast. If it doesn't come up with LTGW, try the liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. And, <laughs> and we're on Facebook and Instagram and on my website, which is nancyadair.com. Just remember to spell Nancy with an I as I do. Uh, nancyadair.com will have all the previous episodes if you want to listen and please subscribe because that lets us know that the numbers are rising and that people are really interested and make the comments on um, you know your wherever you're listening so let us know you're out there and until next time do it sober yes thank you so much Lori and that's fun, Nancy. Do you suppose we'll hear stories about addiction? We might. Oh. Stories about recovery, too? Mm, but mostly stories about how addiction turns smart, sensitive people into liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Liars? And thieves? And gluttons and whores. Oh, liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Liars, thieves, gluttons, and whores. Oh, my. Are you a fan of Liars, Thieves, Gluttons, and Whores podcast? Do you want to support the show and show off your love for LTGW? Look no further than You Can Do Merch Store, brought to you by host and creator Nancy Adair. 